In Parshat Shmini, one of the greatest difficulties in the Parsha, one that perhaps will give some directions into understanding what exactly transpired, final conclusions will be difficult to conclude. But one of the most difficult things in the Parsha, of course, is uh, the death of Nadav Avihu. Um, after completing Aaron and Moshe, completing all what is necessary to be done on this eighth day of the Miluim, the first day of the activation of the Mishkan, we read the following psukim, towards the end of Perak Tet and Sefer Vayikra. V'teitze esh melifnei Adonai v'tochal ala mizbech et ha'ola v'et ha'chalavim v'yar kol am v'yaronu v'yipelu apneihem. At the conclusion of all the avodot and all the brachot, the Torah describes an Eish coming out from Hashem and eats everything that's on the Mizbech. And the response of the Am is that they see this, the Eish coming down from Hashem, Vayaronu, they are ecstatic, Vayiplopnem, and they fall down on their faces at the revelation of God. Simultaneously to this event, we read in Perak Yud, Pasuk Aleph, the following Pasuk, the Torah describes that B'nei Aron Adav Avihud each took their machtot and put fire and ketoret on them. And this was Asher Lotzivautam. They were not commanded to do so. And the same words exactly that we read previously in Pasuk Havdalah describing the Gilui Shechina devouring, the Eish of Hashem devouring what was on the Mizbeach, we read again, Vateitze Eish Milifne Hashem Vatochal Otam. If previously we read Vateitze Eish Milifne Hashem Vatochal Ala Mizbeach et Aulav et Achalavim, now we read Vateitze Eish Milifne Hashem Vatochal Otam Vayamutu Lifne Hashem. Nadav Avihu are devoured by the Eish and they die. Lifnei Hashem. And the question is, why? And similar to Chet uh, Meimeriva, um, where the Torah is at times vague and ambiguous, um, instead of one sin, we end up with a long list of sins. And uh, the Orachayim HaKadosh there writes, uh, out of uh, Moshe Rabbeinu's one sin that he did at Chet Meimeriva, we ended up with ten sins from the different Parshanim and Chazal. And similarly here, the Torah sends us very many messages about what exactly was the sin. And in this year, we will review uh, some, many of these opinions. Um, I do not think that we will be able to con- have a conclusive, over, overall, overarching um, explanation that will be able to have a clear understanding of everything at the conclusion of this year, but at least we will see the different uh, the different uh, opinions that are out there. It's always wise to begin from the pshat, and the pshat has uh, has a take here. Let's read again the pasuk. What did Nadav Avihu do? Okay, simply speaking, they they offered something, this Aish and the Ketoret, they offered something that was not commanded. 
that is the simplest sin that they did here, and that they were chayav mitah. All right, there are lots of things that people can and can't do that were not commanded. I, uh, I brushed my teeth this morning, I wasn't commanded. What, what is so severe about doing something that's not commanded? So, on, a, on, a, on, a, on the simplest level, in the context of Mikdash, there's no room for a personal korban, there's no room for personal expression. Um, we know that the Mikdash is a very, very delicate area. We know that uh, the Mikdash is the strongest place of God's physical expression. There are things in the Mikdash, there are expressions in the Mikdash, which, if not for the commandment, would be Abu Dazara, the Kruvim. The Kruvim, if God would not command them, they would be Abu Dazara. We don't make Psalim, we don't, uh, we don't create figures of anything. And in fact, we know that there is an Isur to make Kruvim, of silver, because the Torah commanded us to make kruvim of zahav, and, the Torah, and it's asur to make kruvim outside of the mikdash. The Beit HaMikdash is a very delicate place, and it is not the place for personal expression and for individual thought. Everything there is so delicate, if we do something slightly different than what was commanded, we might be doing avodah zarah. So I'm not suggesting that Navavi who were doing Avodah Zarah. However, what I am suggesting is that in the Beit HaMikdash there's no room for personal expression and for uh, making up our own ways of Avodah Hashem. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded to bring something, we bring it. And if he doesn't, and if he did not, we do not bring it. Navavi who wanted to express maybe some element of personal Avodah Hashem by bringing this Ezra, and it's not the it's not the place for personal expression of Avodat Hashem. When we're davening, we can put in a tefillah, we can express ourselves there. When we're we're eating matzah, we can do it in the way we want to. When we're shaking the lulav, when we're eating in the sukkah, we can do it in the way we want to. But Avodat Hashem in the mikdash has to have a very firm, very clear borders. Whatever is commanded, we do. Whatever is not commanded, we do not do. And this Torah and Eish, and Eish that Nadav Avihu brought was not commanded, as explicitly said in the Psukim. And therefore, it is unacceptable, and they were chayav mitah. In the Beit HaMikdash, we don't fool around with these things. If we take this idea to a different uh, direction, it'll go, take us back to an idea which we discussed several weeks ago in Vayakhel Pekudei. In Vayakhel Pekudei, we discussed the fear that in the Mishkan, there will be a thought of elitism on the part of the Kohanim. The Kohanim will think that they only they have a portion in the Avodat Hashem in the Mishkan. And at that time we discussed the measures that the Torah took in order to remove that idea. When the Kohanim are doing what they are told to do, then it is very clear that they will view themselves as the Shlichim, of Bnei Israel, Bnei Israel are telling the Kohanim to do the Avodah in the Mishkan, and they are fulfilling that Avodah, and Kol Od, and all the time that that is happening, so the Kohanim are not the elite of Bnei Israel who are, they are doing the Avodah in the Mishkan, but they are doing the Avodah in the Mishkan, in the Mishkan, on behalf of Bnei Israel. However, if the Kohanim are given free reign, 
to bring personal korbanot as they see fit, to bring a personal ketoret when they see fit, then they are no longer shlichim of B'nai Israel, And then, they are working for their own, per- they are doing avodah for their personal benefit, for their personal growth in the Beit HaMikdash. The Beit HaMikdash is no longer the place of all of Am Yisrael, but is the place of the Kohanim. And this idea, as we discussed previously, ha- had to be rooted out in, in, in a very clear manner. The, there's no room for a personal korban by the Kohanim. That's not commanded. Whatever they're commanded, they do. But if, if, they, if they do something that they're not commanded, they're showing that the Mishkan is theirs to do as at their free will. And that is not true. The Kohanim are Shluchim of Bnei Israel. And any idea to the contrary had to be rooted out. And that's what happened with Nadav Avihu. That, is, I would say, is explanation 1a and 1b. They did something that they were not commanded. Now, if we go earlier in, uh, in, in the Chumash, we'll find that already in Parshat Mishpatim, reasons are given for the death of Nadav Avihu. And since we are trying to take stock here of all the reasons, we should mention them, even if we mention them briefly. Parshat Mishpatim, towards the end of the Parsha, and Shmot, Perakaf Dalad, Pasuk Tet, Taurus describes, Vayal Moshe Aaron Nadav Avihu v'shivim mizikne Yisrael are going up into Har Sinai, Vayiru et Elohei Yisrael v'tachad ragalav k'maseh livnat ha-sapir u'cha'etzam ha-shamayim la-tor, ve'latzilei b'nei Yisrael lo shalach yado, v'yechizu et ha-Elohim v'yochilu v'yishtu. There are many parshanim on these psukim, but Rashi's approach here is what we're interested in. Rashi says, Vayiru et Elohei Yisrael in Pasuk Yud, looking at God was an inappropriate action on behalf of Nadav Avihu and Zikne Yisrael. But, at that point, at the time of Matan Torah, God chose not to punish them because He didn't want to destroy the happiness of Matan Torah. And therefore, God killed Nadav Avihu in our parsha, in Parshat Shemini, essentially for a sin that they did by Matan Torah, that they looked at Elohei Israel in a way in a manner that they should not have been looking, and therefore they're punished now. There are many difficulties with this explanation. Why is God not punishing them at Matan Torah, but rather punishing them at that Chanukata Mishkan? Is Chanukata Mishkan a, a less happy event? And in general, there is a big machloket of the Parshanim, what exactly transpired in the Psukim and Parshan Mishpatim. Was it appropriate? Was it inappropriate? In any case... Rashi says in Parshat Mishpatim that what they did here, looking at God, was inappropriate and their punishment was delayed till Chanukat Mishkan, and that's what they die for. We go on, we continue, and we see more opinions. If we look at Rashi here in our parasha, Pasuk Bet, Vatetze Esh, Rashi brings two opinions. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Lo metu b'nei Aaron, ela al yedei shehoru halacha b'fnei Moshe. Okay. Rashi says, bring Chazal, that b'nei Aaron died because they, they gave psak in front of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, he is the Rav. And to give a psak in front of him doesn't respect the the standing of Moshe Rabbeinu. 
And we know, Kol HaMorah Alecha Lifnei Rabboch Hayav Mitan, it's learned out from Nadav Avihu. Um, what the basis exactly in the Psukim for this opinion is unclear, but I think in general, the idea of Asher Lo Tzivahotam, that Nadav Avihu took their own initiative, and didn't wait for an authority to tell them what to do, fits in very nicely with this idea of Horu Halacha Bifnei Rabam, that they gave Psak in front of Moshe Rabbeinu, fits in with this idea of Asher Lo Tzivahotam, they did something unauthorized, they decided to do something on their own, whether, is, whether they didn't get authorization from Moshe Rabbeinu, or they didn't get authorization from God, the, the two ideas are very similar to each other. If we continue in Rashi in Pasuk Bet, we will see a second opinion in Rashi. Rabban, Rabbi Ishmael Omer, They went into the Mikdash, they had drank wine. Hey, how does Rashi prove this? Or how does Rabbi Ishmael prove his opinion? Because shortly after Mitat Nadav Avihu, God's first response to Aharon in Pasuk Chet of Perak Yud, if God is commanding Aaron, don't drink wine and shechar and alcohol when you go into Oyo Moed, and then you will not die, it sounds like that the reason that Nadav Avihu died was because they drank wine when, before they went into the Avodah and the Mikdash. Again, there's a possibility of here of personal expression. Uh, around Purim time, we have all our uh, uh, ideas about why getting drunk is a significant event and it's an important event, and it brings out personal feelings, it brings out personal emotions. Again, it's very easy to, to tie this idea in and say, once again, we need to be clear-headed, we, not, we, we do not need to, uh, a Kohen, not we, a Kohen needs to be clear-headed, not mixing in his personal emotions. There's no room for drinking wine or alcohol before going into the Mikdash. He has to be clear-headed, be doing his his misima, his job in the Mikdash. And drinking alcohol and bringing out personal expressions is completely inappropriate. In any case, that's the, the second opinion brought in Rashi. Of course, this is already the third opinion that we've seen in Rashi. As we've already seen, Rashi has an opinion in Parshat Mishpatim. The Rashbam has a different take here, and again, it's a, a very close reading of the Psukim. The Rashbam points out, and this is actually has echoes in the Ramban as well, they brought, They brought their Machtot, they put fire on the Machtot, and they put Ketorot onto the, onto the Esh. And then the Psukim described, Vayakrivu lifnei Hashem eish zara shelotzivautam. What was foreign here? What was inappropriate? Eish. Eish zara. So the Rashbam explains that generally speaking, we know that there's a commandment, despite the fact that all the time an eish came down from the heavens onto the Mizbeach, there was a commandment 
that B'nai Aaron were expected to put fire onto the Mizbeach as well. In other words, unusual, usually the Eish Mina Shamaim was complemented by an Eish Hediot, an Eish that was brought by the Kohanim. However, on this day, this was prohibited. It was on the first day that the Mishkan was activated, it was imperative for B'nai Israel to see the Eish coming down from the heavens as a proof that God was putting His presence into the Mishkan without there being a fire from man. It had to be a very clear message. There is no fire from man here today. There is only fire from Hashem. There is a clear revelation of God here. And therefore, bringing Eish to the Mizbeach on this day was prohibited, it was dangerous, it gave the wrong message. And therefore, Nadav who were killed by that same Eish from the Shemaim, from the heavens, that should have only been there, without the Eish from Nadav Avihu. Now, if uh, previously we if we saw a reason for the death of Adav Avihu in Parshat Mishpatim, before Parshat Shmini, if we go on in Sefer Vayikra to Parshat Acharimot, we'll be able to see an additional reason that, again, seems to come out from the Psuki. Parshat Acharimot is in Perak Tetzayin in Sefer Vayikra. The Torah says the following, Vayidaber Adonai el Moshe Acharei Mot Shenei Bnei Aharon Bekorvatam Lifnei Adonai Vayamutu. Though Parshat Achremot is already two and a half parshiot after the death of Nadav Avihu, the commandment at the beginning of the parasha is commanded, In other words, this commandment that is being given is referencing the mitah of B'nai Aaron. And it's saying, tell, Moshe is supposed to tell Aaron, you cannot come to the Kodesh, referring to the Kodesh HaKodeshim, as it says, inside the Parochet, the Kaporet being the cover of the Aaron. You can't come at every time, there's only certain circumstances that Aharon is allowed to go into the Kodesh HaKodeshim. If he, if he, does, if he goes into the Kodesh HaKodeshim at the appropriate time and in the appropriate manner, he will not die. Which seems to imply that how did Nadav Avihu die? They died by going into the Kodesh HaKodeshim in an inappropriate time, in an inappropriate manner at an inappropriate time, in an, in an appropriate manner, and therefore they died. Again, the Psukim and Acharimot seem to hint that they went into the Kodesh HaKodeshim without permission, without the right preparation, and therefore they died. This already, I think, is uh, reason number six. However, what I would like to do now is examine the explanation in the Pshat maybe a little bit more deeply and try to understand what the meaning of Nadav Avihu's action was and why it was inappropriate. In order to understand this, we have to understand what is Ketoret. 
What is the purpose of the Ketorot and the Mishkan? What does it do? And what was the meaning of Nadav Avihu bringing Ketorot? If we look at the end of Parshat HaTzaveh, we see the, the, the commandment to have a Mizbach Ketorot. And there, the Torah describes at the end of Perak, sorry, at the end of the parasha in Perak Lamed Pasuk Psukim Zayin and Chet, the Torah describes the following: Viktir alav Aharon ketorot samim baboker baboker beitivot hanerot yaktirena uv ahaalot Aharon et hanerot ben harbaim yaktirena ketorot amid v'nei Adonai l'dorot echem. The ketorot is brought in conjunction with the lighting of the menorah in the morning and in the evening. The menorah gives light. Light and fire, as we, we know from the Chumash and we will see, are signs of Gilui Shechina, God's revelation. What is Ketoret? As we read the Psukim in the beginning of Acharimot, Ki Be'anan Erayel kaport. Ketoret, when you place Ketoret onto the fire on the Mizbeach, it creates a smoke screen. Throughout Chumash we find this phenomenon that when there is a Gilui Shechina, where there is God's revelation in fire, it is often coupled with a smokescreen of Anan or Ashan. In other words, the Gilui Shechina is not a direct one, it is through the medium of a cloud or smoke. The most uh, well-known one, of course, is at Matan Torah, we read in Perak Yutet and Sefer Shemot, Vayi bayom ha-shlishi biyot ha-boker, vayi kolot uvakim, ve'anan kaved al-ahar, ve'kol shofar chazak mod, ve'echerad kolam asher b'machane. On the day of Gilui Shechinat, Matan Torah, anan kaved al-ahar, there's a great cloud on the har. And then, following then, Pasuk Yudchet, ve'har sinai ashan kulo, mipnei asher yawad alav Adonai ba'esh. Because God revealed Himself in fire on the mountain, therefore Har Sinai Ashan Kulo. Har Sinai is covered in smoke. Also, as we mentioned, Avodat Yom Kippurim, when the Kohen Gadol is going to have a direct meeting with God in the Kodesh HaKodeshim, which he does through the Avodata Korbanot, of spilling the blood on the Aron, on the Kaporet. This is prefaced by bringing Ketoret. And that is described, Ki Be'anan Erae Ala Kaporet. The Ketoret creates a smokescreen, a medium through which the Gilu Yishchina and the Kodesh HaKodeshim can take place. By the Chanukat HaMishkan, of course, we are reading about the Gilu Yishchina, and the Gilu Yishchina through fire. V'teitze'esh milifnei Adonai, v'tochal ala mizbeach et ha'ola, v'et ha'chalavim, v'yar kol ha'am v'yaronu v'yiplo ha'pneem. The Gilu through fire. What are Nadav Avihu trying to accomplish? Here there are two possibilities. 
in general, what are they trying to do, of course? If they're bringing Ketoret, where there's Aish, they're trying to create the smokescreen. They're trying to create a medium through which the Gilu Yishchina can take place. They're trying to hide the Gilu Yishchina. However, the question is, why was this inappropriate? Seemingly, what we've read through the different Sukim we see by Yom HaKippurim, first there's Ketoret, there's a smokescreen, we saw by Matan Torah, the Gilui Shechina is through a smoke screen, through a cloud screen. Why is Nadav Avihu's action inappropriate then? One, one direction is to say that really Nadav Avihu's action was very understandable. As we've just proven, all the t- many times we see Eish of Hashem covered by smoke. And then the Dava Vihu did a very natural action, very normal action, very understandable action. However, not for this day. This day was a special day. This was the first day of the Mishkan. If B'nai Israel did not see clearly with their own eyes the Eish Hashchina coming into the Mishkan, there'd always be a nagging doubt in their hearts as to whether Hashem is really his presence is really in the Mishkan, there would be a nagging doubt whether the sin of Chet Ha'egel was forgiven and God was willing to dwell amongst them once again. And therefore, on this specific day, though usually the Ketoret, the Ashan, is welcome with Gilu Yishchina, on this particular day it was inappropriate. And this is similar in that sense to the Rashbam, that usually Ben Aaron brought Aish, but today it was inappropriate. Today bringing Aish was inappropriate, according to the Rashbam. So here we're saying today bringing smoke is inappropriate. Their action was understandable under normal circumstances, but on this particular day their action was inappropriate. Second way of understanding the Davavihu's action, however, goes back to the idea of elitism. The Davavihu putting up a smoke screen wanted to keep the Gilui Shechina for themselves, for the Kohanim, not for the Am. And when God sent the fire, the same fire, and took them and, and consumed them, God sent a clear message for once and for all, that the Mishkan is not the private property of the Kohanim, it is not Avodat Hashem for the Kohanim, it is Avodat Hashem for all of Am Yisrael. And the relationship between Kadosh Baruch Hu in the Mishkan is for all of Am Yisrael. And if Adadav Avihu tried to come and hide the Gilu Yishchina with Haktarat Ketoret, Kadosh Baruch Hu will take Nadav Avihu away. There shall be no mistakes as to whether or not the Mishkan is the private property of the Kohanim, or it belongs to all of Am Yisrael. Nadav Avihu tried to hide the Gilu Yishchina, and therefore they were killed. The Gilu Yishchina is for all of Am Yisrael. What we saw here are, it's hard to number it, uh, many explanations will just... In the last two minutes, we'll just review what we saw. We discussed the pshat, doing something that they were not commanded, and the ramifications of doing something that was not commanded. 
whether it's in general in the Mikdash, that there's no room for personal expression, or doing something that was not commanded as an expression of Kohanim's elitism, which was inappropriate. We saw Rashi's opinion in Parshat Mishpatim, that they were being punished for something they did at Matan Torah. We saw the opinion in Rashi here, that they were Moreh Halacha Bifnei Rabban. We saw Rashi's opinion here, that they were Shtuye Yain. We saw the Rashbam's opinion, that they brought Esh from a manly fire, which on this day was inappropriate, because the only fire on this day was supposed to be from the heavens. We saw the explanation based on the Psukim in Acharimot that they went into the Kodesh HaKodeshim in an inappropriate manner. And finally we discussed the idea of the Ketoret that Nadav Avihu tried to hide the Gilu Ishchina by creating smoke to co- cover the fire. And we gave two explanations to this as to whether it was a normal action but inappropriate on this day or that indeed Nadav Avihu we're trying to hide the Gilui Shekhinah for Am Yisrael in order to, to stake a claim on the Mishkan as being the place for the Kohanim. In any case, this gives us some sort of idea to work with. I invite all, all of our listeners to look at the Psukim and try to see which of the explanations that we've raised speaks to them the most. Shabbat Shalom.